hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Dr. Me First. It's me, your colleague medicine and coach in life, Dr. freaking Aaron Wiseman. And that's right. I can be both. And so can you. I recently put a post on LinkedIn about this where you can be both Olympic athlete, winning a gold medal in fencing and medical student. Great job. I have to give her props on that. Uh, You can be a practicing physician and a life coach and podcaster, and you can do it with balance, not burned out, not working crazy hours, not getting sick because you're working so much. You can be both. And so I'm really excited to be launching this new series about work addiction and talking about how work is my drug. And I bet a lot of you can relate. And if you can't relate, I still want you to listen to the series to see if you can pick out nuggets that can help you along your way. So what we'll be talking about is some information about work addictions. And being a primary care doctor, I've seen my full share of all sorts of different types of addiction. But I think for us, so many times we think we're immune from it because of our training, because of messaging, because of culture, like, oh, doctors don't get sick. That's bullshit. Oh, doctors don't get addiction. Also bullshit. And so talking about the slow, innocent, insidious start of addictions and how they can become full-blown without us even realizing that work addictions are a daily way of living to overcome. It's not like you go to one AA meeting or you go to one coaching class and then like you're fixed for the rest of your life because there really is no 100% fix or cure. That being a workaholic definitely has its downsides. I mean, burnout and workaholics walk hand in hand. And I think that's why it's so important for me to talk about work addictions so that instead of thinking that there's something wrong with you or you need to be like healed or cured, (laughs) instead realizing that it's just about the daily modifications and the small steps that lead to bigger steps. And that's what changes your life and gets you from a place where you don't want to be, which is controlled by something that isn't your truest self to a life that you truly love to live. And so in each episode, I'm going to present information like that. And then on the flip side, I'm also going to give you tangible, practical, ass in the seat, move your feet, practical advice on what to do next. And if you're a longtime listener to podcasts, you're going to hear the same things over again, because Those are the things that actually do work to change this. And I'm going to stand up in front of you and raise my hand and say, I am a workaholic. I am right there with you. But the difference is I'm five or 10 steps ahead of you. So I understand the journey. Do I get it perfectly all the time? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. But what I can do is say that it's worth the struggle. It's worth making the changes and that you get to pick your heart. So you can stay in the heart of being trapped by your work and the addiction to achievement and accomplishment and checking off all the boxes, or you can pick your heart and do the things to change your life. That might be a little countercultural. That might be a little bit against the stories in your brain that your brain is telling you, but you get to pick your heart moving forward and you have more choice, freedom, and autonomy than you realize. So there you go new series, work addiction, work is my drug. Before we get into a little bit more, I got to pause and talk about our sponsor so I can pay some bills. So here we go. 
It's story time, brought to you by locumstory.com. Today, we'll be reading One Job, Two Job. One Job, Two Job, Red Blob, No Job, Elective Doc, Emergency Doc, Some in Overstock, Some in Understock. This doc is too abused. This doc is underused. This dog cannot get sick. Say, let's just try a brand new trick. For all the docs about to cry, here's an idea you can try. Look into a locum tenants assignment. A really great option, you might find it. Don't forget, locums pay much better, and you can find assignments in any type of weather. With all this new information trapped inside your thinker, go to drpodcastnetwork.com backslash locumstory and use your mouse to tinker. It's here you'll find the unbiased answers you are after so you can decide if locum tenants is your next chapter. Isn't that the best ad read? I love it. Well, you can know more about Locum Story, like they mentioned, going to drpodcastnetwork.com backslash Locum Story. So recently, I was hanging out in my badass Slack group, the one I talk about all the time. (laughs) I do hang out in there. And one of the fellow baddies in there posted that she had finally come to the realization that she is addicted to her work and that she has been probably for the last 20 years of being a physician. And it was after she listened to episode 245 that she felt like it really hit her. So we'll put the link into episode 245 on Dr. Me first so that you can take a listen too. But all in all, I was really proud of her for coming to the realization and posting about it. And then we had several other people who began to talk about it too. So the question is, what do you do after you realize that you're a workaholic? Well, I want to give you some quick tips as we get into the series. I'll have a lot more information as we go along in subsequent solo casts, but I feel like I need to start here from a place of compassion, support, and acknowledgement before we get into some of the nitty gritty. So the first thing I would encourage you to do is show yourself compassion. If you have not listened to the self-compassion episode that is right after this one with Kristen Neff, get your butt over there and do it. But no person ever says, someday I want to be an addict, right? This was never the intentional goal, but hey, it's how it's worked out now. So I want you to remind your brain, hey brain, this is a sucky ass moment and everybody feels like this sometimes. It's okay to be nice instead of self-deprecating. We can be kind to ourselves instead of cruel. I think it's so important to show that type of self-compassion that Kristen Neff teaches because it's so easy to get in the weeds, to get mean with yourself because, hey, that's what I did for so long. The next thing that I want you to do after you realize that maybe you have a work addiction as well is to get support. Just as as if, if someone stepped into my office or your office and they were struggling with alcoholism or a narcotic addiction, we would set them up with a mental health specialist or AA or NA or some sort of support to get going. Well, guess what? Workaholics need this too. 
And the good news is there are already so many great places that you can plug into this. I really feel like physician coaching, professional coaching is one of those mental health support places. And I mentioned in my Slack group that those people were already in a great place because if they're in there and they're engaged, wink, wink, engagement is key. You can't just like learn by osmosis. Then you can activate a support system around you of people who understand. The other thing is to also get your support net of loving family and close friends. And this is going to take a little bit of vulnerability to open up to them, letting them know that you have a new realization that though work can be a good thing, it's become your drug and that you're a workaholic. Next, what I want you to do is small steps from here. You didn't become a workaholic in one weekend and it's not going to be changed in like one weekend event. You didn't do it in one week. It's not going to be changed by a one-time group coaching session or a one-time therapy session. But what you can do is always think about what's the next best step in this moment. And eventually those steps add up and you're going to be in a totally different place in the future. So what can some of those steps be? Well, one big step even though we're talking about small steps. But one big step is starting to plan to take time away or a sabbatical. We get alcoholics out of a bar. We get gambling addicts out of the casino and offline. We get narcotic addicts out by getting them away from the source, detoxing and cleaning up their brains. So you too are going to need to take some time away in the near future. And this time away can't be filled with more busy. I know so many people who take time off and then they remodel their house or they move their kid across the country to college or they paint room after room or they get whole new landscaping. This time actually away needs to be purposely structured as white space, non-productive, non-working, open space. Because the thing that you've been doing that you've been coping work continues to be your drug even if you're not at the hospital or the office if you keep building that in. So I would almost venture that work addictions could potentially be harder than other types of like substance-based addictions, because at least with the booze, you can drain the tequila down the sink. Or if it's narcotic pills, you can restrict those limitations. But with work, work is actually culturally embedded in us as like the must-do thing in what you're doing. So there's a lot of guilt and shame that's implanted in us. And I want to be there to help and support you and say that is absolutely okay. When you're doing with this, you do have to decompress and detox off of work. I know it's super scary and you don't know life without work. At least that's where I was seven years ago. But the good news is I'm here to help and support. So many other coaches are there as well. There are people around you in the Badass Slack group in this Dr. Me First podcast community who have done this exact same thing and they have survived. Absolutely. (laughs) I've gone on sabbatical and been okay. If that step feels too big to you, here's some other ones I want to suggest. You know, learning to time block. Again, that's in episode 245. Go back and listen to it. Actually estimate the time correctly instead of always thinking in best case scenarios when you're time blocking. The other thing you can do is actually do the time work block, meaning do your work and the time you set. And when the time is up, you walk away. Other small steps, delegate, asking for help. And here's a couple I want to give you that I think we don't think about so much, but lowering your expectations of others. You aren't the only person in the world that can do what you think only you can do. Yes, other people may do it differently, but that doesn't mean that it's wrong. So delegate, let them help, let them do it their way, 
lower your expectations on them. And I want to also ask you to lower your expectations on yourself. With all the love in my heart, I have to tell you that you are not a freaking unicorn. And what I mean by that is you can't expect yourself to show up daily, always being the best. Instead, you just have to show up your best in that moment with what you've got in hand at that time. So many times I've gone into situations, like when I first started running obstacle course races, I was going to be the best woman in my age division. And then I quickly realized that the best kicks my ass and I don't think my body can do those things anymore. So I had to reorient and lower my expectations on myself just to do my best. Some other small steps I want to remind you of that you can start doing today is reminding yourself that no is a complete sentence. You can say no without a lengthy explanation or a well-thought-out reason to tell the other person. No is a complete sentence. Because remembering, if you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. And if you say yes to more work, then you're saying no to your family and yourself. And are you okay with that? Hey, are you tired of going at it alone? Well, friend, you don't have to anymore. Come sit with me. I want you to know that it's okay if you need to take a break. It's okay if you need to talk about some real crappy things. It's okay. You're not the first to feel like this, and you don't have to stick it out and be miserable. There is a way out, and there's a whole movement of fierce females in your corner. If you want to come sit with me and be in my community, you will not see me in Facebook groups. I freaking hate Facebook with a deep and fiery passion. (laughs) But what you can do is come over to Aaron Wiseman's Badass Collective on Slack. Because guess what? Once a badass, always a badass. And this isn't anything that's paid. It's not anything that I'm like throwing huge promos at you. It is simply a community where I am trying to get people together in the same space so that we can have these kind of conversations safely and in a protected manner that you feel so loved on. It's the whole purpose. So click in the show notes, get over to the Slack group. We do have some community rules. But, you know, that's just how it goes. But I would love to see you in there. I am in there almost every single day having real conversations, posting crazy pictures of my kids and gifts, all that good stuff. And I want you in there, too. So come on over. Come sit with me. All right, there's so many more good steps that are coming up in this work addiction series where I'll be talking about it each and every week. We're going to talk about accomplishment high. We're going to talk about um, the burnout low. We're going to talk about death by a thousand hits. We're going to talk about the hidden curriculum of medical education and so much more. So join me over the next few weeks as we get along in the series. And I just want to remind you for doctors, the story has changed. Visit drpodcastnetwork.com backslash locum story. And that's spelled O-U-C-U-M-S-T-O-R-Y to see if a locum tenants assignment is right for you. It's here. 
you'll find an unbiased answer that you're looking for. So you can decide if Locum Tenants is your next chapter. Go check them out. As always, and I really say it every single time and mean it truly in my heart, that your life, your calling, your pulse matters. Matters.